Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back, everyone, to another version of Harbor Technology Group's The Perfect Storm uh, podcast. Uh, today I have with me, I'm really excited to have our guest, uh, Anton Major. Anton and I know each other, have known each other for a long time, uh, going back, uh, I don't know, five, six years. Um, Anton is the Director of Technology, or as he likes to call himself, the Director of Awesome uh, at Veloc.it. Um, Anton, why don't you tell us a little bit about Veloc.it, what you guys do, et cetera. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, the podcast, the uh, the live event. Uh, yes, my name is Anton Major, Director of Technology, aka the Director of Awesome for Velocity uh, MSP. We are a managed service provider located in Cranberry, New Jersey. Uh, we deal with a lot of different clients within the tri-state area as well as globally. And um, yeah, uh, we've been around for many years, since uh, 1997. We rebranded about three, four years ago to the Velocity brand. Uh, completely different uh, ownership, different direction, different management, uh, and different focus. Uh, really trying to expand the organization and have more of a clear focus on uh, what drives the SMB market uh, individually. So rather than coming in with solutions and um, uh, different pieces of software, uh, you know, really coming and asking the right questions around uh, each person's or each individual's, uh, you know, business and what drives them. What are, where are they going to be in three years? Where are they going to be in five years? Where are they going to be in 10 years? What wakes them up at night? What wakes them up in the morning? So it's the inverse there, you know, and asking right. those key questions uh, really then will later define what we can do for them and, you know, build that synergy. So two things uh, sure. playing off of what you just said. I, you know, for some reason, I always want to say Veloc.it instead of Velocity. So apologies for no problem. Uh, not not saying your name correctly. Uh, my name is Matthew, not Matthew. So that that's probably a good thing too. Uh, <laughs> I've been going this whole time. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so just for for the listeners out there that may not be uh, totally down with it. So what does a managed service provider do? What do you guys? I mean, what is your focus? I mean, you kind of outlined what you like, how you engage with your clients, but maybe help everybody understand what an MSP does. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, so, a managed service provider or MSP um, typically comes into an organization and takes over their entire IT. We'll manage it from end to end. So, uh, help desk services, uh, you know, patching. Um, you know, any kind of uh, forward thinking, you know, trying to be a, a strategic advisor, uh, you know, internally, 
you know, and really, it, it really is an end-to-end uh, slash outsourcing component. You're you're taking your entire IT and you're putting it in the trust of our organization or another MSP uh, for that matter. Uh, that's really the one frame of what an MSP does. Uh, we also have uh, contracts and relationships with other entities that it's not the full Monty. It's uh, an augmented uh, you know, relationship and agreement. And that's really, that typically happens when uh, the organizations span above three to 500 seats. Uh, th- those organizations typically have their own internal IT departments and they're looking for perhaps some of the, um, the more tedious things to get off their plate or something that makes more financial sense for them. Or 24 by seven help desk or something like that. Right, exactly. Right. right. So when you describe it like end to end, this is everything from, like I just mentioned, help desk. So somebody helping with password resets to managing the infrastructure, um, but really above and beyond that. It's not just supposed to be tech for tech's sake. Um, as everybody knows, technology is not only kind of the, the, the plumbing of, of organizations, but it's, it's what a lot of organizations lead their business with. So you guys want to be a part of those those kind of how do you how do you grow your business how do you expand your market uh, footprint uh, better your brand etc. That's what an MSP like a modern day MSP focuses on, correct? Yes, I, w- I would call it like the uh, the next generation MSP. Sure, is really designed uh, to uh, be a, a big listener and an enabler of uh, these clients, these customers, these organizations. Rather than just providing, you know, the typical IT services, uh, having a, a solid relationship and a full understanding of how their business or businesses operate, uh, you know, right. makes the um, the whole agreement much more fluid and successful for both parties. Right, and I mean, you don't want to be. Uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't set itself up for ultimate success for, for either organization. If you guys are just the IT folks, you want to be more ingrained in the business, um, helping make technology decisions. Of course, you're not, you know, helping them with operational decisions or sales decisions or finance decisions, but, uh, technology, but above and beyond just, you know, what endpoint protection software do we put on our machine? Do we need a new router? Do we need a new firewall? Whatever it might be. Right. You know, even, even beyond that, I think that, um, you know, asking these key questions for organizations uh, is sometimes a miss with other MSPs. Uh, for instance, asking questions, you know, like I said before, uh, you know, where are you going to be in five years? And, the, you know, those kind of questions open up a myriad of answers where people say, oh, well, I'm opening a plant down in South Carolina. And then, you know, you start having that conversation with, with okay, well, what's your, what's your end game there? What is the product um, that you're, you know, you're pushing? What is, what is the solution there? And then what is the planning around that? You know, have you thought about um, how many knowledge workers to how many back-end employees? You know, so people that are maybe in a warehouse, you know, uh, packing boxes versus individuals that are using business applications and making phone calls and uh, dealing with other individuals or, you know, doing business-to-business uh, transactions. Right. And that, that, that changes a lot of the planning, you know, with, uh, in regards to IT. Obviously, the framework will still be there. You know, the network will be there. But perhaps how they use it uh, and what, what they will choose to you know, fill that, uh, that need will drastically change. And in most cases, you'll end up saving money with a lot of that planning 
And it's just asking those right questions, you know, and trying to under, really fully understand um, the scope of the business, not necessarily the work. Right, right. So two things, I think, thanks for that. I, I, being very clear on what a managed service provider does or MSP does for organizations, um, you know, it's really good. I think it's super helpful. Uh, you know, there's so many acronyms and abbreviations in technology that sometimes people get confused. So thanks for that. So two things I'd like to focus on and, and, and as people, as listeners might expect, Anton and I had a quick conversation I don't know, for five, 10 minutes right before we jumped on uh, this Zoom call with each other to do the podcast. Um, we talked about, oh, what do we want to talk about while we're on the uh, uh, podcast together? You know, it'll be just like when we go have a beer together, but this time we'll be recording it for the world to hear, uh, which is probably good that we don't have beers in our hand. Um, but two things that I was just thinking about that we didn't talk about prior, so I hope I don't throw you too much of a curveball here. Um, the first thing is, of course, being a, a cyber nerd or a security nerd myself, I'd like to talk a little bit about cybersecurity, of course. Um, but really, what what is the pandemic and the shift to remote work uh, done for the the SMB, the small and mid sized businesses that you service, and what's it done for the MSP market? Like, what's what's really changed there, and what do you see as the biggest challenge? Sure, I have an opinion about that that last piece, of course, uh, but I'll I'd like to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think that there's been um, a huge shift in uh, the economic impact to a lot of our clients. Um, uh, well, I wouldn't say a lot of our clients, I would say uh, to several of our clients. So uh, depending on what your business is, you may or may have not been impacted by the pandemic in 2020. Uh, for us, we really only had issues with two clients uh, leaving us simply because you know, they felt the backlash um, from their business. You know, they couldn't have boots on the ground, uh, you know, interactions for whatever business they were in. So uh, an economic impact was felt with a lot of small businesses. For sure. us, it was not necessarily felt. Um, actually, we thrived. Uh, we did a lot better than we thought we were going to. And um, I think that was the, the other part of it was how did we pivot? And what changed for us was how do we still enable our clients to be successful in a predominantly remote environment? Right. right. And what we did was we uh, immediately leaned on cloud services and focused, you know, super uh, hyper vigilant over, um, you know, VDI, um, you know, uh, enterprise mobility and security, you know, uh, package, you know, uh, software solution suite from Microsoft. You know, which brings like you know Intune and all these different policies, and um, you know you pay a little more, but essentially what we did was we created a mobile workforce. We had individuals um, that we we packaged uh, new offerings that essentially said, you know, you will get this widget, or you can use your own widget um, to connect to the cloud, and here are the, uh, the software solutions that we've enabled around it. You know, conditional access policies to lock you down to uh, you know geographical resource uh, locations and um, you know, different things like that, so that it doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what you're doing, you can still be productive, you can still connect, you can still conference with individuals, and ultimately the business will thrive. Uh, having that uh, front-loaded in the beginning of 2020 was a huge win for us. We had a lot of people that just uh, were all remote, and um, uh, the, you know, this is a big one that no one's talking about, I think, is uh, the... Besides all the tech 
uh, getting past the human element. A lot of people uh, were not uh, designed or you know optimized, so to speak, to work remotely. A lot of people can't do it. Like you know, me being you know engineer background, much like yourself, like this is cool. I can work from home. I can be productive. I save on gas. I see my family. This is fantastic. This is the best thing since sliced bread. Minus you know meeting and networking, right? That that component was a little difficult because there's a minus the carbs and the bread, of course, and the carbs and the bread, right? The right, right. all the muffins every day, right? Uh, and uh, you know, uh, speaking with uh, clients and um, you know end users as well, just to understand and have a little more patience in that paradigm shift also enabled us to be successful. Cause I've, you know, this didn't come from me. This was um, my, my brilliant wife who, you know, is a social worker. She's, she was just telling me, she's like, you know, not everyone is optimized or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, she would not say that, is suitable, you know, to work remotely. A lot of people have problems with it. So right. I, think, I just became cognizant of that. I was like, wow, you know, you're right. Like, you know, I didn't think of that. Like I thought, you know, like I'm fine. Everyone else must be fine, right? Yeah, everybody else must be stoked to be at home. Yeah, like this is great. Right. And um, the more I talked to people, the more I found out, you know, how difficult it was. You know, uh, you know, besides, I, the, the kids and the homeschooling alone, you know, was enough. But like just being isolated and out of your um, your daily, you know, uh, right. routine, right, was a big, big problem with individuals. So right. uh, knowing that also helped us uh, not only just sell more product, but just you know have a better relationship with people. Uh, you know, a more human interaction. Right. Right. So a couple of things there, setting aside like the kind of the business um, realities of, of un the unfortunateness with, with some companies having to uh, maybe hang things up for a while because of the economic uh, pressures. But you're saying that Velocity, see, I did it correctly there, uh, Velocity, you had done some work at the beginning of 2020 prior to the pandemic to kind of prepare the for next gen networking or next next gen technology or next gen it um and had kind of out of the box solutions for uh remote workforce that you were able to move your clients very quickly to as they had to go all remote because of uh you know quarantine and, and having to uh people having to work from home so you were able to move your clients pretty quickly to uh those remote solutions Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see, do you see them staying that? So, so set aside the, the kind of the business decisions um, that companies are making all around the world or all around the country, primarily here uh, with, you know, do we bring people, how do we bring, bring people back into the office at what level, how often, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Do you think your clients are going to continue to utilize some of those remote technologies who talked about going to the cloud and, and, and what have you, uh, do you, do you see them using that stuff into the future and not just as a, as a bandaid for the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, I think it's, um, I'll take a simple example of video conferencing and for anyone out here, think about anyone, anyone listening to this, think about 2019, uh, you join a zoom conference or anything like that. How many, uh, video cameras were off and it was audio only, you know, or how many right. people dialed into conferences. However, even though the bandwidth is there, the right, right. technology is there, people just didn't feel right about, you know, being on camera and it was just weird, you know. Uh, that's one example. Then, because if you take it to 2020, all of a sudden everybody is on cameras now because it's the only way that we can see each other. Totally. And I, I saw a lot more of it. You know, even myself, I was never a big camera guy. I felt really weird about it. 
And, um, you know, eventually I was like, well, I need to see people. It's not just my voice, you know? Uh, so, you know, the closer to a human interaction you can get, you know, besides the inflection in your voice, the mannerisms, the human, you know, yeah, element. Yeah. Uh, so that stayed. And I think that, um, that speaks a lot to, um, uh, human habit again. It's, uh, you know, even though the thing is there and I can use the thing, I'm not comfortable with the thing. Right. And now, oh man, they made me use the thing. And now that right. I'm using the thing, I can't live without the thing. It's so cool. Right, right. Well, now we all have like these very distinct opinions about um, what what video conferencing we like or, you know, web meeting we like, whether it be Zoom or Teams or what have you. So shifting off of all of that in a sense, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about cybersecurity. So, uh, you know, in my world, when we talk to our clients and do risk management work and helping our clients navigate uh, cybersecurity in general, remote workforce in particular, you know this this um, this remote uh, this this pandemic generated remote requirement has created a litany of security problems. Um, there's concerns, you know, up and down the technology stack. I mean, even as simple as all these Zoom meetings. Or, or Teams meetings or what have you, people being out of practice and maybe are, are have information you know behind their head or you know are in situations that they are are divulging things they shouldn't just innocently through video conferencing. It's really really interesting the dynamic that that the shift uh, that remote workforce has has caused um, in cybersecurity. There's also the the additional kind of tech problem, which is there was a lot more control that organizations had, whether they be small and mid-sized businesses or large enterprises, a lot more control they had over what the individual users were able to do, see, access, et cetera, um, you know, kind of within the four walls of the office versus, you know, uh, within the four walls of someone's bedroom or home office or in their basement or you know, in their car or on their back porch or what have you. Um, there's a there's a lot of security concerns. So we're, we're kind of, we've got, a, I don't know, a handful of minutes left, but give me an, a sense of, of what your clients have done to, or what you've helped your clients do to to uh, to secure that that new war, way of working. Sure. Uh, so, you know, when it, when it first hit, you touched on, well, first, you touched on two things, really, it's the technology part and it's the human element. Sure. Uh, I did see a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, people divulging information in clear text emails, you know, uh, not not encrypted, because usually it's a conversation and internally when they're, you know, absolutely this. Uh, and that also, like you said, you know, in a video conference, you know, you, you don't necessarily know if the line is secure. I mean, it should be, but you maybe should be saying that across the line. Uh, and then technology, what, you know, how did uh, how did people keep things secure? Uh, so what we do, we, we actually saw. In the very beginning, um, people taking their work computers and their whole work environment, you know, the lap, the, their, their monitors and all the peripherals and their workstation and bringing it home and getting set up on a VPN. And that, that's actually, that's not bad because you have that's a, portable, bad. You, know, uh, you know, device that is already has all the security protocols and solutions already locked down. Yeah, you're just extending the, those four walls of the office building out to somebody's house, basically. Uh, the other part of that was we saw a lot of people just using random machines and then demanding VPN access. And we had to do two things. We had to um, first, uh, you know, put that bundle 
ahead of them and say, listen, this is where you should be, you know, uh, in this secure environment. Um, this is where you are today. And uh, I know that you're up against a wall here because all of a sudden you've got whatever, uh, a couple thousand employees that I'm telling you, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta purchase all this equipment or you have to purchase all these cloud services. And it's like, you know, they're not sure what's going to happen this year. So um, uh, if you can do it, great. If not, uh, we just want you to be aware of these things. And we, we had a, a document that basically said, here are the dangers of using uh, your own device without a BYOD policy, without any kind of planning, and you just want to connect to the environment. And gave, you know, some, some, some things that we could extend to them. Uh, you know, some of the, uh, the AV uh, solutions, you know, or, uh, you know, if they're not going with ours, at least have another AV solution. Having on their, the on their home machine or something yeah. like that. Like, hey, here's where you go to patch things. Here's where you go to install an, an AV. Uh, make sure that you're using at least a professional version of a Windows uh, OS, not a home one. Make sure that you're using individual accounts. Don't allow uh, your children to use the same machine that you're using for work. Um, you know, I think we even had on there, uh, and we were just going above and beyond. Like, you know, if you're if you're going to uh, do any kind of financial banking, you know, make sure that's an isolated, you know, device as well. You know, right. don't mix the two because uh, that's a target for an individual, especially high profile C level. So it was it was like a it was a mixed bag of you know we can get you to the cloud. Can you do it now? Great, that's in your budget. Let's pivot. Um, you can't do it now. You still have to work. Um, here are some guidelines. Yeah. Um, and yeah. here's, 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 here's some best practices in that environment. Yeah, we're, we're seeing as we go through with our, our you know, where we're acting as VCSOs or virtual chief information security officers for our clients are doing risk assessments. And as we're, as we're looking at the risk associated with, you know, the 20, the environments of 2020, late 2020 and early 2021, with everybody being remote or a significant portion of the, the workforce being remote, um, you know, are, are the gaps that we're seeing in security and the, and the risks that we're seeing, the inherent risks environment in environments are, are exactly what you've just described, which is in some cases, they were able to make those investments that allowed them to be more secure um, while moving remotely. But other companies, you know, like you correctly said, it, there was a little bit of nervousness about what was going to happen with the economy. I think there still is. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying sure. it's peaches and cream, but um, just not knowing where things were going, you know, why do I want to make an investment when I don't know if I'm going to be in business in six months? So uh, what, what we're recommending to those clients is most definitely don't, don't make this the new norm um, that you have this, this hybrid work environment where people are just sitting in front of technology to access client resources or uh, company resources, I should say, like protected data or sensitive data or confidential data. Um, without considering the, the security ramifications. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of squeezing in a whole bunch of security conversations here at the end of this podcast, but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the proliferation and the focus of ransomware on ransomware uh, late last year and into the beginning of this year, even Putin and Biden today were talking about it. Um, I mean, it, it, is, it is the reality of the world that we live in. Um, if these companies are not doing the very, at least the basic things in this new uh, work environment, it's not a matter of, and we've been, I've been saying this for 25 years, but it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when uh, they, would, they would fall victim to something like this. And it, it doesn't matter how good your MSP is. I mean, 
no offense to velocity. Uh, I'll take it. Velocity. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're only as good as what your clients are putting in place, but uh, you know, it only takes one one click, um, and and the protective technology that you're able to provide your clients um, is only as good as the investments they're really to, to make. And if they're you know they're allowing their users to use their home machine, and that home machine also has you know little Billy that's also playing on it to play Fortnite. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen on that? You, you, you shouldn't be surprised if, if you start locking yourself out of, out of resources because you've been hit with ransomware. Absolutely. Uh, that's, the, that's the human element. Yeah, totally. Totally. So on those positive <laughs> notes, um, the good news is that, that this is not, a, it's not an unsolvable problem. It, at least it's not a, uh, a problem that doesn't have steps to, to, to protect your environment. Um, it sounds like uh, Velocity has has pulled together this this nice checklist for when clients aren't able to make those investments on on just the basic blocking and tackling you can do to protect yourself in the in the remote world. Um, but I would also encourage clients to to take a take a step back, take a deep deep breath, and say, okay, let's let's look at our inherent risk and what do we need to be focused on. Um, if we're going to start operating in some hybrid environment where we have some people back couple of days a week and then the other half of the uh, employees are you know at home what are we doing in those home environments to, to protect our protect ourselves and we don't lose access yeah. to data and you know you, you touched on uh, something really important uh, a lot of people get complacent you know that they've they've gone right. into this, uh, this mode of like well it works now let's not change it and um you know it could open a whole slew of security issues oh yeah there's, there's nothing more ter- permanent than a temporary plan right um, exactly so yeah, I, I, you should be encouraging, and I know you know this, you should be encouraging your each of your clients, no matter if they've made that investment or if they haven't, to take a deep breath and say, okay, what are we, what are we now that we're kind of seeing the other end of this pandemic and this new, the new normal is being set in, let's, let's really take an assessment of where we stand from a security perspective. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. It's a, and just keep on you know, uh, having that conversation on cadence until you're Absolutely. in a better place. You know? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, well, with that, as we wrap up, um, as we ask all of our guests, uh, and I gave you a little heads up on this, Anton. So we always look for, you know, a, a great place to have a, you know, a burger and a beer on the water, whether it be in a harbor or just on a beach or some island. Uh, give us, uh, what do the majors do when they, when they want to go have a nice relaxing uh, beer and a, and a burger on the, uh, on the ocean. Sure. Uh, so we go down to, we're in Jersey. Uh, we go down to Cape May, New Jersey. It's where my wife and I uh, were married. We were married on the beach down there. And uh, their family tradition has now spilled over into our, you know, tradition of every time we go down there, we have to, ha- we have to go to the lobster house. And uh, it's a place that's been around there for, I guess, since like the early 1900s. Oh, wow. Um, and it's this gigantic place uh, that has a big indoor setting, but they also have outdoor seating right on the harbor. And also they have like a, um, a little boat that you can go on for cocktails and oysters and that kind of thing as well. Perfect. So it's like, uh, it's right up the alley for Harbor Man. That's, uh, that's <laughs> totally cool. Yeah, well, um, why? Because it's on the water or because there's cocktails involved? Well, both. Exactly. I don't know which in which priority. Maybe <laughs> exactly. First. That's to be determined, my friend. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Anton. I really appreciate the time. Uh, Thank you. We'll chat again soon, man. Bye-bye.
Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VC SO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show.